You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rest and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast. We go to any 5e books and talk about various rules and haunt your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're going to talk to you about Dark Gifts. <laughs> so... Uh, one more from the Ravenloft collection. Dark gifts are a very interesting topic that has caught my attention here. Nathan, what is a dark gift? It's like a gift that is a, in a dark shade of, of um, black. What? What? It's a dark colored gift, right? From the book, this supernatural gift expresses both a mysterious power and insidious influence. <sighs> I know I keep saying it in these Ravenloft episodes, but I do just really like the writing style in this book. <laughs> but the whole idea is the fact that there is a pro and a con of some sort to this. So, that being said, I'm going to homebrew the hell out of this immediately, before I even get into the description. Because, like with a lot of stuff in this new book, it is kind of geared and built around that specific setting of just, you know, the realms of Ravenloft. So, honestly... I really, really like the idea of some kind of bargain for, you know, a pro and a con. Like, this may not come as a surprise, considering how much I gushed about demon deals uh, back in the day. But I really like just the, everything about this. So, Nathan, in the Dungeon Master's Guide, do you remember that other rewards are possible to give supernatural gifts? Uh, is it like the the 
the feats? N- no. Uh, uh, the the boons. Kind of. It's in the same chapter, at least. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> okay, so to just sum it up, the Dungeon Master's Guide, like for all the time that book has been out, has had supernatural gifts as a thing that existed as an option for an optional rewards. And they talk about charms and blessings, about just like different, you know, abilities or spells that might have access for a while. And it even got kind of expanded a little bit more when uh, uh, Descent into Avernus came out to talk about the more you know, fiendish varieties as well. But here they go yet more into just another branch of supernatural gifts. So I am explicitly telling you now because they use the phrase supernatural gift in the description here in the Ravenloft book, I am going to disassociate this and make use of this by any dark beings in my world. Because I think that this is cool, and even though I like a lot of the Ravenloft-specific stuff, I personally am choosing to not link these directly to the dark powers, dark lords, all of that stuff. Because even though a lot of the lore, just descriptions around this, are Ravenloft-specific, again, that is the beauty of being a DM, is that you can make use of anything that you like however you want to. So again, I want to be very clear here. There is cool stuff here, and I'm going to use it, regardless of the fact that I don't use, you know, canonical Ravenloft by any means. So, with that in mind, let's talk a bit more about what can actually happen with a dark gift. So, the very first sentence just in the dark bargains section here mentions that well basically this paragraph says you can start with a dark gift at level one or it's something that might be attained through adventuring so with that being said before i get too into things what might be situations nathan where one might acquire a dark gift before we actually begin an adventure. Uh, let's say you're a warlock. Your patron is is a dark power and gives you a dark gift. Yeah. Whoa. You could totally do that. That's fine. If or, you want to just give more interesting options to a warlock to actually say, hey, there is this other optional thing here where it can be, yeah, you might get a little extra power but it might come with a more explicit cost or downside too. And that's fucking cool. Like, I was thinking of a, another idea for, like, a character is, um, you could have it so that it's a character that's, like, good, like, look, like, like the background is good and stuff, but they, they made some serious mistake or something. Mm-hmm. And essentially are now burdened with a curse and a dark gift that 
they exchange something oh? for and then they they regret I'm sorry, what it. What was that C word you used, Nathan? A curse. A curse. Well, funny you should mention that. It's actually explicitly written here that it is possible for a character that suffers a curse to gain a dark gift. Because that is something that can absolutely fit in a world where, okay, you have a curse that does have some dark, you know, effect on the individual, but maybe there is a little bit of pro to it as well. So having that kind of narrative option, again, exactly the kind of shit that I love. So that is thinking about things ahead of time. I really like some of the other descriptors here for where it might be acquired through adventure. So before I throw back to you, I just want to read one here that I like a lot. Time stops while a character is on the brink of death. A mysterious voice offers to save the character's life, but only if they accept its dark gift. It is an unfortunate fact of D&D that sometimes someone dies that you don't necessarily plan for or want to happen in that way. So sometimes you will just have like a low level party and then there's just like a goblin attack and there's just like some really bad luck and you just have just someone in the party just die. And it's not narratively interesting. It's just like a random encounter and it's just not how you wanted things to go. However, this gives DMs a very interesting new arrow in their quiver the idea of just an unknown voice just speaking to in the character's mind just like or just you know however you want to narrate or whatever source you want to use for dark gifts like honestly you could even just go with like the like they do describe time stop so imagine if you suddenly have like the ghost of a character just like above their like dead like explicitly dead body but then you just have this uh, this figure appear and speak to them in a moment of frozen time this is something that could be very interesting indeed because again however you want to do this so you might describe this just you know boringly average looking person you know look as if they might just be like a banker or some such or you might describe like that this is some monstrous being that just looking at them is giving you a headache which is saying something because you don't actually have a body right now to be in pain so just however you choose to describe a figure or even just have there be just like ominous shadows whispering or have there just be just a void of blackness where this conversation takes place there is no limit to how you can describe such a situation for the feel that you're going for with this being and whether this is a being that like you actually have as like a demon lord in your world or this is just like who knows what the fuck that is you know like your player certainly doesn't. You yourself may not. Like Again, your worlds may vary. There might just be ominous dark forces out there that can do this shit. And any of those are fine. But again, what I like about this is that this creates an option. 
where again you have this person this character who is now dead and they are given a choice and they actually do have the choice which is part of what i like here because you can let them choose do you let the character die or do you have them accept the dark gift and then again you can choose however you want to like actually resolve that whether it is like a demon lord that basically like uses wish to just rewind the last round and then just the person is you know injured perhaps even unconscious but not yet dead and they might just like be unconscious and stable but now with the dark gift or it might actually just be like there you actually have like their wounds seal and they just are awake again with one hit point like how explicit you want the effect to be is also variable so just with that one example i just listed what i lost count six things ten things on different ways that that same situation could potentially be done i love that amount of narrative flexibility so aside from all of that though the fact that you this gives you an option for just unfortunately timed deaths because yes there are people who want like more and meaningful death in D&D but there are also the opposite times where you're just trying to tell a story cooperatively with these characters and especially in the latter form of game this creates a powerful tool so that being said, there are actually a lot of just example dark gifts described. However, I want to point out a very particular phrasing in the very first sentence here. This section presents a selection of dark gifts in alphabetical order. Nathan, what does that tell you? That, that they can read what? Nathan. What? All right. The point that I'm trying to make with that, the fact that it uses the word selection implies then these are not all of the dark gifts that exist. So whether that means that more might get published in the future, whether that is simply the suggestion to homebrew your own dark gifts, it is explicit here that this is not all of them. And I appreciate that fact. So. I am not going to go through this entire list reading off all of the dark gifts because, again, just read the book to do that. So I just want to pick out a couple of them to go through just to show what a dark gift is capable of and just some of the types of lore that can be incorporated into it. So starting with the very first one here, Echoing Soul. Your soul isn't your own, or at least it wasn't always yours. Whether you've lived past lives, your soul was swapped into a different body, or you have a link connecting you to another being, you experience echoes from another life. These echoes grant you knowledge, talents, or even languages that you can't always explain, but they also intrude on your perceptions and beliefs unexpectedly. This is amazing. Isn't it? Imagine it's just like 
like um, you, you get all these like nice bonuses, but when most inopportune, you turn out to be a radical, uh, evil person. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so about that, they actually do have a couple of charts as part of this. So first off, like they list a bunch of like what is the soul weirdness that you're dealing with. So just to kind of pick one to focus on for the sake of example. I've lived many times before, my soul reincarnating each time I die rather than passing on. So first off, that has some real interesting just implications just that that's possible, but even just disregarding all of that for the moment. So what this actually grants you. First off, channeled prowess. You gain proficiency in any two skills of your choice. Inherent tongue. You can speak, read, and write one additional language of your choice. That's actually pretty cool benefits. Like, it's relatively simple mechanically, but is pretty cool. So you just are proficient in two skills. So that could be really nice for, you know, a skill monkey type character like a rogue or a bard, but could also just be really nice for a character that doesn't get a lot of skills normally. So if you just have a barbarian, for example, like imagine you have this barbarian character, but that is proficient in, let's say, history and arcana because like they were a magic user in a previous life that they just are able to receive the echoes of. So then you have this barbarian character who might be just inexplicably good at those two things. They also might have the extra language be something odd. So maybe, you know, they have draconic as their additional language. Like if you do make use of that as like the knowledge or the language of magic. So like whether you do just use this to boost skills, use this to mitigate things, like, I really like the lore of this. But there are downsides. There's a reason that this is considered a dark gift. Intrusive echoes. Immediately after you make an attack roll, ability check, or a saving throw, and roll a 1 on the d20. Your soul's memories emerge and overtake your perceptions and experiences. Hey, you might fun role see play. people around you as someone other than who they are, or you become disoriented by a double experience of the world around you. Roll on the intrusive echoes table to determine the effect of these vivid memories and perceptions. Once one of these occur, can't manifest again until a short or long rest. So, first things first, this creates a crit-fail type scenario. But, not just with attack rolls. Attack roll, ability check, or saving throws. Any d20 roll that rolls a 1 can have this happen. But, the exactly what the intrusive echo is, is also a d6 chart here to figure out exactly what happens. And some of them are real bad, but some of them aren't. Number one, you are charmed by a creature you can see of the DM's choice for one minute or until the creature damages you. Holy shit, could that be dangerous in combat if you suddenly like remember like, oh, wait, like this bandit here that we're fighting against, like, I think that. I used to fight alongside his grandfather and then like the like they just kind of mentally superimpose 
so that you think you're fighting alongside it again and you just turn against your party for 10 rounds because it's a minute that's fucking terrifying but also really cool narratively <laughs> and that's just number one then the next one you are frightened by a creature you can see of the dm's choice for one minute or until it damages you so again frightened so you can't move closer disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks well just while the thing is in your line of sight like that's also pretty powerful and just something that could really be interesting to just have a dm just describe that situation so imagine like you have a player roll the one then they roll you know the two on the d6 for this echo and then you could just start describing just like let's just say that you're fighting uh, let's say a beholder because why not like all of a sudden they roll the one and just they have a flashback remembering the last time you know they quote unquote fought against a beholder and remember the time where that just miserable creature disintegrated half of your friends disintegrated your brother in that battle and you simply just have a flashback to the trauma of that last beholder that you fought and like you try telling this to your party and just like what are you talking about we've never fought a beholder like just the way that you can describe it is just so flexible it's great uh anyway three perceive another time or place around you until the end of your next turn during this time you are blinded to your actual surroundings four you perceive a different time or place overlapping your surroundings. Your speed is halved till the end of your next turn. Five, memories and sensations overwhelm you. You are incapacitated until the start of your next turn. And as a quick reminder, incapacitated means you cannot take actions or reactions. So that is brutal. However, number six is interesting. Your memory is one of triumph. You can re-roll the ability check, attack roll, or saving throw that you just made. and must use the new roll. So there is a chance of an actual good result. So If you roll that 6 on the d6 here, you re-roll a 1. That is amazing. So all that together then. So that means there's a 5 out of 6 chance of a bad thing happening when you do roll a one on the d20 there is that chance of good thing to re-roll the one though and you get the benefit of the additional skills and language when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, with all of that put together, Nathan, do you think that that might be something worth accepting for a character? I would say... It'd be really cool. I I I personally th really like after hearing all this stuff. I really like the idea of having dark gifts in my game 
or games in the future because funk doesn't give you a ton of stuff to work with as uh, a player as a dungeon master pretty much it's it just sounds like a good time yeah like so this implies a lot of lore a lot of backstory some implications about just how the afterlife might might or might not you know supposed to work and just the fact that you do get like the benefit of the skills and language but even if it is only a one in six chance, the fact that there is a chance to re-roll a one on the d20 is not insignificant in its own right. But again, there are those particularly bad options as well. Ten rounds of combat to be charmed by a creature could be really dangerous. On the other hand, it is charmed by a creature of the DM's choice. So the DM also, just with that option, has a lot of flexibility. So you can choose to have them charmed by the monster, and I think that that would probably be Nathan's default option. But you could also have them just be charmed by a member of the party. Because again, like if it were random, like it's, it's explicitly not. It is DM's choice, not random. But if it were, then that would mean that there's a, you know, higher percentage chance if there's more people in the party that it might be a party member that they're charmed by and that's something that you might even choose to try to play up for laughs because even though you know this might be a result of a curse or it is you know a dark gift that doesn't mean that it has to all be you know morose and dark like maybe this is something that you choose to just kind of play for a laugh occasionally like you can even like make the choice as the dm that like okay like the way that you are saying this to like this party member like is an elf that your grandfather actually you know fought alongside or or not even grandfather sorry but just like that your you know past self fought alongside a century or two or more ago so that every time that you know this intrusive echo occurs you just flash back into the time where, you know, you and they fought side by side together on the battlefield and you just kind of, you know, treat it as like remembering the good times with them. But you might be a little distracted from the current thing that's going on. Or maybe like they have to go into like commander mode and then you like encourage the other player at your table to do like their best drill sergeant, like trying to just give them orders in combat you know for them i to was go thinking of something along those lines where like there's this barbarian here set thing right and then like uh one one of the gifts is basically he gets to see like the like uh he gets a bonus to attacks on enemies or something like that or he gains like some boost to that mm-hmm. and then like at some inopportune moment sometime later it's like he he comes back and then he realizes he hit his uh one of his party members and in, in the uh what do you call it in the days and he's like fuck it's bad oh no yeah it very well may be and again that was just the first dark gift and that alone has so many options of how you can just implement and interpret it so honestly, I think I'm just going to do one more and then we'll go ahead and wrap up. Let's see what's a fun one. Ooh, okay living shadow the shadow you cast is animate 
and ever-present, even when lighting conditions would otherwise prevent it. Your shadow occasionally moves out of sync with you. Sometimes it appears to be undertaking random but mundane tasks, while at other times it acts out your darker impulses, threatening or even attacking other shadows. With effort, you can bend this shadow puppetry to your will. So, again, there's a d6 for how this might just kind of look. So, one, my shadow often holds weapons or bears wounds that don't exist. When I'm distracted, my shadow panics and tries to get other people's attention, as if it's desperate to escape me. When it's not being watched, my shadow makes threatening gestures or creeps towards people. <laughs> my shadow's movements mirror mine incorrectly. When I raise my left hand, my shadow moves its right. That is amazing. My shadow fiddles with, or occasionally breaks, tiny non-magical objects. There's a slight but noticeable delay between my movements and those of my shadow. How fucking cool is that? <laughs> you know, I, I, I was just thinking of, like, like this additional like really comical character that like you're fighting the big 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 bad and then he gets distracted all of a sudden right when he see like when when he's fighting it just sees your shadow like pointing the finger at him it's like what <laughs> <laughs> but oh some of those are really fucking cool and again like the idea is to pick one of those things to be like the quirk that your shadow exhibits but, oh, man, I really like it. Just, like, the, the slight but noticeable delay. Like, that is so creepy a thing if it gets noticed. But, like, that can be, like, a really subtle thing that will prevent people from noticing it, like, very quickly or easily. But, oh, I really just like some of the ideas behind that. And that's just the lore. So now let's go into the actual abilities it gives you. Grasping Shadow. You learn the Mage Hand cantrip, if you don't already know it, and required no components to cast it. The hand created by the spell is shadowy, but is not bound to your actual shadow. Spellcasting ability is intelligence, wisdom, or charisma, your choice when you get the gift. So, what is the implication of require no components to cast? No components what does that to cast. Uh-huh. That's good, yay. What does that mean, Nathan? I don't know. Okay, don't what about if I rephrased it to be more specific? It has no verbal or somatic component then. Ooh, stealthy. <laughs> that means that. And again, because they do say it's not bound to your actual shadow, within 30 feet of you, you can just use an action to create a mage hand with no verbal or somatic components. So you just have a shadowy hand just come into existence somewhere around you. Just at some point within 30 feet of you. That has so much potential for shenanigans that like that makes me almost afraid of what certain creative players could make use of with such a thing. To have the ability to cast Mage Hand without it being apparent that it's them who does so? Interesting. Next up, though. Shadow Strike. When you make a melee attack roll, you can increase your reach for that attack by 10 feet. Your shadow stretches and delivers the attack as if it were you. 
You can use the feature a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. So two to six times per day, you can add 10 feet to a melee attack roll's reach. That's pretty cool. But also, again, narratively and lore-wise, just imagining that is really fucking cool. But then, there is the potential downside. Ominous will. Immediately after you make an attack roll ability check or a saving throw and roll a 1 on the d20, your shadow exerts a will of its own and might assist or hinder you or those around you. The next time you or a creature within 30 feet of you that you can see makes an attack roll ability check or saving throw, roll a d4. If the number is odd, reduce the total by the number rolled. If the number is even, increase the total by the number rolled. Once this occurs, it can't happen again until you finish a short or long rest. So, once again, this is creating a consequence for rolling a 1 on the d20. However, unlike the other one, this one is an explicit 50-50. It might hinder the roll, but it might increase the roll. And this can only happen if you roll a 1 on the d20 already. So it's not something that you can really plan for or just, you know, try to take advantage of. But at the same time, it might turn misses into hits or hits into misses. And you don't know. Because again, it's the next time you are a creature within 30 feet. It does not say you are an ally. So this might help your own next thing. It might help or hinder an ally if they're next. But this might also affect an enemy. Whoever goes after you and does a thing, attack roll, ability check, or saving throw, the next d20 rolled gets that d4 plus or minus applied to it. And that's really fucking cool. I really, really like that one. So, that being said, do you see the kind of theme around that, though, where it, at least the two that I've already shown have that consequence of D1? So I don't want to fully go over another one, but I do want to just mention one more just because of the idea of just other types of potential consequence so let me find a good one here okay so one of the other ones is just called is a mist walker the idea being that they're a little bit better at just traveling among the domains of dread but i like just the idea of the downside for their effect poison roots when you finish a long rest the world around you in a 10 mile radius becomes a siphon that will eventually leech away your vitality. You can remain in the area safely for a number of weeks equal to your constitution modifier, minimum one week. Thereafter, each time you finish a long rest in the area, you must succeed on a DC 15 constitution saving throw or gain a level of exhaustion that can't be removed while you remain in the area. Holy shit, that has some interesting potential applications. So, 
Have you ever had the question come up, Nathan, about why is someone an adventurer? Mm, not especially. So this is something that I think about a lot of just what prompts someone to just constantly be on the road, just getting into all of these dangerous situations, you know, session after session from our perspective. And this dark gift creates a rather interesting answer to that. Like this is the kind of consequence that I would love to apply to other curses or apply to other potential dark gifts. Because the whole idea behind it is that you can't stay in an area for long periods of time. So especially if it is like a relatively low constitution character. So like even let's just say that, okay, this is someone who is actually pretty decent at constitution. Let's say they have a 14. So that will give them a plus two modifier. That still means they can't stay in an area for two weeks or else they start gaining incurable levels of exhaustion if they stay so two weeks sounds like a long time for an adventurer who is often on the road but if you do make use of downtime or if you do just make use of just having a stronghold or a home of any sort, that is a massive potential consequence. And that's also the kind of thing that I just think is cool from a world-building perspective, because one thing that we didn't talk about in curses, some curses might be hereditary, because a curse might apply to an entire family line. So if that's the kind of thing that you're making use of, having a curse with that kind of consequence or having a dark gift like maybe you have a family that like made a generational warlock pact where like you know i you know i shall serve you my lord and so shall you know all those who come after me you know yada 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 so maybe you actually do kind of treat that as like a warlock pact with a little extra in the form of this dark gift where you have okay, you've got the Warlock Pact, and this is just like a pact that just awakens at a certain age, perhaps. Like, see, they just get those abilities. But then at that time, they can't stay in one place anymore. Like, that is the cost of the power for that family. So imagine generation after generation of some family they might have like some successful adventurers in that time, so they're able to acquire like wealth, power, yada, 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 but they can't settle down. They can't stop and just stay in a home for more than two weeks at a time. That is an interesting consequence to exist in the world and an interesting thing just to see like a family that might try figuring out like can we break the curse or can like can we you know renegotiate our bargain and again no limit to how you as a dm might be able to make use of such a thing but with all of these dark gifts whether you are playing in ravenloft or whether you are just using this as a new form of supernatural gift in your world, there are a lot of good ideas that you can directly use, but also a lot of good ideas that you can take inspiration from just to make 
a little more interesting potential options for dark gifts in your own world. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash riftwakepodcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Riffs and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Podcast, and you can send us an email, riftwakepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for today. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.